Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, specifically verse 11 is the one we'll be focusing on. So while you turn to that in your Bibles at home, um, because I know you have them present there for you, uh, you know, May is such a fantastic month because last week we got to celebrate Deb's birthday, and today, uh, after worship, we have cupcakes here again because Ian Bula had a birthday on Thursday, and so we get to celebrate that, so make sure you tell him happy birthday in the comments, send him notes. Uh, Ian, happy birthday. Uh, you're, you're a special guy. We're so glad you're here with us, um, and we're happy to celebrate with you. God bless you. Our scripture this morning, again, is Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 11, but I will begin it in verse 9 and go through 13. And Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here ends the reading from God's holy word. Let us now go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in the Lord's Prayer that we've been traveling through, the the beginning of it, the first Half of it deals with petitions, with requests for God and his glory, concerning him and his will, concerning his kingdom. And so now the second half of the prayer that Jesus teaches us turns to petitions for ourselves, requests of God for us. And so we begin by focusing on the first one in verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, when reading this as we study it and we hear bread, bread conjures up many images throughout Scripture for us to understand. And specifically when we begin looking at Jesus' ministry, it goes all the way back to the beginning when he was in the desert and after fasting for 40 days, the devil comes to him and says, go ahead and turn these stones into bread. And Jesus replies, it is written that man cannot live on bread alone but in the very word of God. Or later, when Jesus goes and has a large crowd around him, and the disciples want to disperse them so they can go eat, and he goes, what are we to do? We only have this bread and this fish. And Jesus blesses it, and it multiplies, and we have the feeding of the 5,000, also a, rec- a recording of the feeding of the 4,000 later. Or we begin hearing the images as we just took communion together. That Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. And so when Jesus begins dealing with bread, we know that there is something essential to it in our lives. And so he says, when he teaches us to pray, to pray this, that this is our first request for ourselves, to give us this day our daily bread. Robert McShane, a Scottish preacher, 
who died at the age of 29. In fact, he was also the one who authored the Bible reading plan we're currently using as a church uh, that you can find on the website. Uh, He once said that God will either give you what you ask or something far better. Now, if we stop and and evaluate that for a moment and, and we get real honest with ourselves, we might be inclined to disagree. We might begin to wonder, well, God, I remember asking for a Ferrari or an A on a test or something else. And the answer was either no, not yet, but we never heard. Yet when we search Scripture, And the truth is revealed to us that God knew us before we were born, that he knitted us together in our mother's wombs, that he knows by number the hairs on our head. He knows our hearts. He knows all about us. Then we might be willing to admit that we often ask for things we don't truly need. And God, being rich in mercy, always gives us exactly what we need in his perfect timing. Now, as Jesus has been teaching his disciples to pray, and they were praying for his glory and his kingdom, and the petitions were for God, and now Jesus models petitions for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus lays out in this petition exactly what God taught the Israelites when they were wandering through the wilderness. See, in Exodus 16, 4, it reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And he continues giving uh, more statutes and conditions to this manna from heaven that God will rain down. And so the Israelites have been delivered from captivity in Egypt. And now they're in the wilderness with no food. And God tells Moses, I will rain it down. And every morning there will be manna on the ground. Go and harvest a day's worth. And on the sixth day, you may get two days worth so that you do not work on the Sabbath. And yet the Israelites did exactly what we would have done. On the first day, they go and gather enough for a week, a month, a year. But when they wake up in the morning only to find their storehouse spoiled, God said, get enough for today. In the wilderness, as they wandered for 40 years, God provided for the needs of the Israelites every day. And at one point in Numbers 11, we're told that they begin grumbling and they begin grumbling to each other saying, we should go back to Egypt at least. There we also got to eat meat and other things. And Moses goes to God and says, they're grumbling. And well, as humans, we're like that. God gives us what we need, and often we think we need 
and or deserve more than that. See, God's desire for us is to not to worry about tomorrow and to trust in him that he will provide for us today. The process this uh, of hoarding, of collecting more than we need is really just a symptom of a much deeper heart condition. One that we don't like to even admit that is there. One that bubbles its head when we feel the need to reach for security, for control. And that is unbelief. But there's still a part in our hearts that we don't believe God is going to do or is who and what he says. That our trust isn't quite all the way there. For you see, Jesus knows our hearts inside and out. He is the light that he shines in the darkness. In all the dark corners of our heart, Jesus has been there and seen it and knows it. And it's, in fact, after he teaches the disciples to pray, as he continues his sermon on the mount, he teaches again about anxiety, to not be anxious. And if we recall, just a few weeks ago, we went over the scripture and Jesus' prescription for anxiousness it's to go bird watching. He says it here in six, chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And so here Jesus has us with our very first request, asking God to provide what we need for this day and to do it daily. Not for the week, not to provide what we need for the month or the year or for our lifetime, but to provide this day our daily bread. Today, right now. But you see this Relying on God for our every need is an affront for our need and desire to be in control of every aspect of our lives. Some of us just shrug it off. Well, I, you know, I just have this habit of needing to be in charge, of being in control. And all that does is cover up it's that symptom of that deeper heart condition of unbelief. Now in this prayer when Jesus talks about bread, which is during this time in first century Israel, it's, it's very precious. And to have a storehouse full of grain or, or a storehouse full of bread would bring you great security, comfort, a, a feeling that your future is secured. That if everything came crashing down tomorrow, I would be okay. Here in 2020, in the United States, our bank accounts are 
like that. We often think, if I could just have X number of dollars, then I could breathe. Then I could exhale. I could say, okay, now I have enough. Why is that? It's because then we would suddenly feel control. It's then that our future would seem less uncertain. It's because we could fully rely on ourselves and not need anybody. Or it's more like as the pandemic set in and we prayed for God to give us this day our daily bread and then we went and we pillaged the stores and the storehouses for toilet paper and water, filling our cabinets and our closets full to the brim to gain control of what looked like an uncertain future. And what happened is that we revealed that dark place of our heart of unbelief to ourselves and to the world. Now, I I don't want you to twist my words here and, and take it to mean that there aren't prudent things to do in this world, that we shouldn't be wearing masks, that wearing a mask is a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God, but rather God has created masks. God has created scientists to provide ways for us to move forward in a sensible and, and prudent manner. But when we go hysterical and for no and for no foreseen reason because other people are going hysterical buying toilet paper and water to fill up their houses, we go and try and do likewise. It is not uh, because it's the prudent thing to do. It's because it's a symptom of our heart condition of unbelief. But prayer can change our hearts. Because it's in that conversation of prayer that we engage the Holy Spirit who's dwelling in us through our great mediator and our great high priest, Jesus the Christ, and talk to God, our Father, the one who gave us new life, who gave us our second birth. Yes, our heart can change when we talk to the Almighty God. For you see this need this desire to be in charge of our lives, it's nothing new. It was the original sin of Adam. A heart condition to be like God, providing for himself everything he needed. It is what the serpent said, isn't it? Eat this fruit. You will be like God. And if we're like God, we don't need God. Loving the Lord our God with all our hearts means also trusting him with all of our life. Now, as Jesus teaches us in this prayer, in this first request, in this first petition concerning ourselves, it's a stark reminder that Everything we have comes from God. 
Even the most basic thing we need for survival of bread. Everything we have comes from God. All that we need comes from God. The apostle James in his letter, in the first chapter in verse 16 and 17, he writes, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Everything we have comes from God. Yet the kickback is, but pastor, I have worked hard to earn the things I have. Maybe in this world. But if we go through scripture, which as Christians we confess is our ultimate authority and a guide to our lives, we can see exactly what it tells us we've earned and what it is God has given us exactly. In fact, it's quite an interesting comparison. So let's take a moment and look at it. Let's first look at exactly what the scripture says we have earned. Because of our sin, We have earned death, wrath, and judgment. Charles Spurgeon once said, people have asked him, I don't understand how scriptures can say, Esau, I hated. To which he replied and said, oh, I have no problem understanding that. I'm more at awe where the scripture says, but Jacob I loved. Because what we earned was death, wrath, and judgment. But what God has given us, (laughs) what God has given us is life. Life abundantly, a new heart, pure peace, joy, hope, a certain hope, a true hope. He's given us grace. He's given us the Holy Spirit residing in us and with that, the power of the Spirit to know and to go to God. He has given us to Jesus himself to be rescued. That while what we have earned is death and destruction, what God has chosen to give us is life and love and grace to fill our hearts with a light so darkness cannot overtake it. And oh, by the way, God is also the creator of all things. It's quite foolish and egotistical of us to think that anything we have is by our own earning. Everything we have comes from God. So when we pray this prayer that Jesus taught, We're reminded of exactly that. Everything comes from him. And to trust him that he will provide everything we need for today. And it's when we come to that point. It's when we come to that point in our heart on trusting him for even the needs we have this day. That we begin to look outside ourselves and think and are able to love others. 
when we're content with what we have been given by God, when we believe fully that God will and does take care of us, then we become those generous ambassadors of Christ Jesus, giving freely and abundantly of ourselves, just as Christ has done for us. For it is written, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for himself, giving him full self, giving exactly what we needed for salvation that we couldn't earn. Forgiveness. So ask. Ask for your daily bread this day. Trust in God, who is our faithful promise keeper. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know in our heads that you will provide everything we need. Help our unbelief in our hearts. Allow us push us to trust you fully for as your word tells us that you're never going to leave us you're never going to forsake us that in fact there is nothing in all the earth or under the earth or in creation that could ever separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. May we be encouraged by the birds we see. And may we become those generous ambassadors to which you've called. All this for your glory, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.